Welcome to the GRC Professional Podcast, where we discuss all things GRC. Is, uh, is a large part of Australia's uh, you know, financial services. Um, and this is really, um, as I say, a, an education and awareness campaign to target the people that are outside the system. Welcome to the GRC Professional Podcast. My name is Kwame Slusher. I'm the editor of the GRC Professional Magazine and the GRC Professional Online. And once again, we have with us Andrew Ham, our local AML expert. How are you, Andrew? Hello, Kwame. I'm very well. Uh, so today we're going to be talking about money transfers um, and something that you brought up, I guess, just before we started recording this podcast um, is that we see an infringement notice from yesterday um, from Austrac, $252,000 against Compass Global Holdings. So I guess that falls right into the conversation we were going to have on money transfers anyways. Um, I guess really jumping into the first question is, um, you know, jumping back from this infringement notice and we'll get up to that is, you know, Austrac recently announced this kind of education piece for money transfers and remittances. And I guess the question is, you know, why are we doing this? Why are they doing this piece now in terms of trying to educate the industry? Yes, thank you, Kwame. Um, Yes, at the end of August, Austrac um, launched this campaign, uh, really a community awareness campaign against um, against or uh, to target illegal money transfer dealers. Yeah. Who, who are um, uh, really, uh, I think, still a significant part of a very important part of the um, financial services sector in the sense that, um, you know, remittance is, uh, is a large part of Australia's, uh, you know, financial services. Um, and this is really, um, as I say, a, an education and awareness campaign to target the people that are outside the system. So Austrac for a long time has been targeting uh, and monitoring closely the registered remittance dealers that it, that it knows about and has uh, some, some um, regulatory control over um, and has over a period of years, um, as we've seen, um, cancelled a number of, of uh, dealers' licences for various reasons, um, for, for ongoing non-compliance, as in the case of Compass Holdings yesterday, but uh, also going back over the last 10 years, uh, the majority of the um, um, money laundering um, sort of infringement notices that have been issued are against uh, either foreign exchange businesses or remittance providers. Um, so it's really um, part of a trend. The the illegal money transfer businesses being the unregulated side of the same coin. So uh, you could say that um, because it's harder to regulate businesses that are outside that regulatory net, um, a, a, an awareness campaign is really the only uh, or, or, or the, the main tool that Austrac has at its disposal. Um, I suppose it's very easy to fall into this kind of um, trap, if you like, unwittingly find yourself um, engaged in the business of being an illegal money transfer business. Mm. Um, it's quite um, um, an accidental remitter, if you like. It's quite... Um, 
common in, in ethnic communities to find people who have, you know, contacts in their home country or maybe access to bank accounts in their home country and um, as part of a close-knit community, you want to go to, you're going to want to help people. So um, if uh, people want to get money into Australia or money back home to family back home, then, um, you know, you could find yourself agreeing to give themselves, you know, to give that, that friend within your community, you know, that help, you know, at the, at the other end across um, borders. Um, similarly, you know, if you want to, you could be, even if you don't have um, bank accounts and contacts, you could find yourself arranging a, uh, a one transaction with a group of, you know, maybe, you know, $20,000, $1,000 remittances or $100 remittances for, for your friends um, to send back home to, say, family that are all in a refugee camp. And, you know, it's a very common scenario. Um, Banks' international transfer fees are very expensive, mm. which is uh, significantly, I think, a, a reflection of the amount of compliance overhead that they have to bear in order to offer that service at all. Mm. Um, being quite high risk from the bank's perspective, um, high compliance risk, then they will develop devote a lot of resources to um, the, that due diligence and monitoring and they need to recover those, you know, those costs somehow. Also, of course, um, it's uh, people in this market have fewer alternatives as the smaller remittance businesses are de-risked by banks or uh, um, becoming more cautious as they see their competitors being, um, you know, um, chased by, by Austrac and these enforcement actions happening. That, that I just mentioned. Yeah, and I guess one of the lim- limitations to the banks is something that I've heard in the past also, and we haven't discussed this previously, is of course the those people who are just unbanked. Um, when it comes to um, banking transfers, you know, and you're getting money across to specific areas, um, I guess that can be a bit tricky, and I guess that's why a remittance might be more attractive, especially maybe an unre- unregistered uh, one under the radar. Well, yes, yes, um, very much so. So, you know, this is a this is a um, an effort to to uh, bring people inside the tent by making them realise that um, they need that you know what they what they thought they were doing to be helpful uh, to their community is in fact does in fact come with some legal obligations. So it's not necessarily uh, uh, um, targeting people with a with a criminal intent yeah. but it is it is certainly trying to um bring bring up to speed the you know the the um you know the the innocent the innocent transgressor i suppose yeah so you touched on this in your earlier answer before um but obviously gonna ask it again anyway more explicitly so is this a a, a call out to remittances you know to get their risk and compliance in order and also maybe a warning shot to those who are operating not quite in the legal space. Yeah, look, I, th- I think it is. As I say, it's part of a part of a broader um, um, enforcement approach to the regulated and the unregulated um, sides of the coin. Um, so I think the call out to remittance providers to get their risk and compliance in order is 
probably more so yesterday's news. Yeah. Um, in, in the sense that um, that infringement notice was issued um, because of, uh, to quote the press release, uh, ongoing non-compliance. Um, Austrac's usual modus operandi is to uh, send you a you know polite request to remedy um, defects in reports that they have found. Um, this particular um, infringement notice was issued because of failure to report IFTs between 2018 and 2019. Mm. So one, one would imagine that, that um, you know, it was kind of a three strikes you're out kind of um, story for, for Compass that they would have been asked to, uh, you know, explain and, and remedy. And um, one can only imagine that their responses weren't satisfactory or that the, the problems continued to occur which led Austrac to um, decide to um, issue the infringement notice that they did. So um, on the other side of, you know, using that same sort of methodology to the other side, applying that to the other side of the coin, if you're in a legal money transfer business um, after this education campaign and, you know, Austrac is, you know, going out to... Um, uh, into the community and really being quite um, um, proactive about registering, uh, visiting communities and registered, registered businesses across Australia to talk about the threat that unregistered money transfer dealers pose, just mm. to quote them again. Um, so, and also how people can anonymously report suspected unregistered dealers. So they're looking for people to dob in their friends too. Um, but, you know, the education is about, it is not just about what the law is, but also why it's important. Um, so once that's done, your ability to plead ignorance, and I was just trying to help my community, will be, you know, that much diminished. Um, so one would imagine that, um, in that sense, it is, um, this is this is the warning shot, you know, as you say, the call out to get to get their houses in order. And I, it's curious to know, I guess, um, how far will this go in terms of maybe remedying the sort of perception that banks have of remittances if they see a showing of the regulator um, working with um, money transfers or remittances? Yes, that's a good question. But I, I, I think it's really a different issue, Kwame. I yeah. think that really um, banks will um, have their own transaction monitoring in place as they have to. And if they see that you are a uh, likely to be engaged in a remittance business just through the pattern of your transactions, then registered or not, um, they will be concerned because uh, of the difficulties that um, the banks have uh, in knowing their customer's customer. Uh, with those businesses, so if you're unregistered, then I would say it would—it's it's a very easy decision for the bank to to de-risk you and um, and decline to deal with you further as a customer. Um, generally, in my experience, banks will give um, registered remittance providers some scope, um, but again, it's very difficult to satisfy um, banks that you have. 
enough as a remittance dealer that you have enough um, um, of of a compliance framework in place to really satisfy the bank um, that you really do know who your customer's customer is, especially in you know the common practice in a lot of these ethnic communities of bundling up a bunch of uh, small transactions into one and so that um, you know there there might be one as I said before one say twenty thousand um, dollar remittance going cross border but that represents you know twenty one thousand um, dollar um, uh, end and um, recipients mm. in you know which which might well be paid out through a um, you know a, a shop that's run out of a tent in a refugee camp in you know in um, you know somewhere in eastern Africa so um, how you how you how anyone can realistically have enough resources to trace transactions like that is is really problematic right right so yeah, so it, it seems like to be a bit of a challenge then, because on the one hand, um, you know, you have the regulators putting a specific focus on you as a money transfer and a remittance, but on the other hand, um, while you're spending more in compliance and you know making to do your extra due diligence, there's no guarantees that the banks will um, take any better view of you. No, that's right. I think. I mean, it they would take a better view. An example of where they have taken a better view of you is in the, um, the digital currency space, where. Yeah. You know the the digital currency exchanges, of course, were being de-risked as well um, when they were outside the scope of the uh, AML legislation. Uh, once that changed, it's become much easier for them because you know if because they have a a, a, a regulatory framework that they can um, demonstrate compliance with. So I'm not saying it's easy for them, but it has become easier just because they they now have a you know a benchmark to to work towards right 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 well um i think we're going to move on to the the final question and we look a little bit more generally um so you know with the you know our conference is coming up where we like to sort of pick on some of big issues that are coming around so um my question to you is is there anything on the horizon um, in the aml space that you think um businesses should be looking out for not just money transfers but you know anybody in the financial sector covered by the aml ctf act Look, I think the I think the um, you know the spec on the horizon to be watching is the um, the lead up to the uh, mutual val- mutual valuation report that's um, due to kick off towards the end of the year. Yeah. Um, whether there is a government um, effort to progress some of the uh, recommendations from the last report that remain undone, um, as as well as you know Aust- what Austrac does to get its house. You know, in order for that, um, I think is all a um, uh, an issue to watch. There is, of course, also um, I think it was recently reported in the press that ASIC has something like thirty enforcement actions in the financial services space lined up. You know, following the Banking Royal Commission, so um, all these all these areas are related. I doubt that Austrac will um, necessarily want to um, be. You know, sit idly by while while um, Austrac does its work, uh, while ASIC does its work. That mm. um, there will be, I think, a similar um, focus on on um, enforcement in the AML space by 
Austrac, whether or not it's related to what ASIC's doing. Um, the, the key gap, of course, being, um, as we know, the whole tranche two reforms, yeah. um, which have been talked about and the government's talked about a partial response, which I think was dubbed, you know, tranche 1.5. But, you know, the fact is that Australia is number one in the world for money laundering via property transactions. Right. And, and so, you know, um, Austrac's focus on remittance is because of the disproportionate risk that the remittance sector represents as a part of that. You know, it's if you're a, you know if you're in this business, it's the easiest thing in the world to say remit funds through an unregistered remitter to a real estate agent or an accountant or a, or a lawyer's trust account, um, say for a for a investment or for a property transaction. You know, it could be millions of dollars. Um, and there'll be no uh, no AML checks at all on those funds. Right. Um, they might go back to where they came from, you know, because the transaction so-called falls through, or you know, they might be used to to purchase a property. But um, either way, you know, that money, which um, could well, you know, it, it's a very straightforward way to um, launder funds at the moment. So I would hope, and um, I think most of the the um, sort of AML advisory sort of sector would hope that there will be some um, some movement there. You know, Australia really is one of a diminishing number of developed countries without controls in this space. All right. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Andrew. It's my pleasure, Kwame. It's good to chat. This podcast was a production of the Governance Risk and Compliance Institute, and the music was produced by Rob Neary. <laughs>